Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 177 of Sat King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you a day after the Orlando Magic Sacramento Kings game where the Kings win in overtime. Yes, in overtime. Uh, 114 to 110. Uh, the Kings were down eight late in the game, and they were able to come back. After a Cole Anthony little floater thingy that he hit, the Kings were able to, you know, hit hit a few threes, get some get some nice offensive rebounds, and some, some good layups, and compound it by a Davion steal uh, on Cole Anthony to tie the game. Um, that basically improbably allowed an eight-point comeback in the last two minutes. Um, and the Kings were able to prevail in overtime. That is basically the gist of the game. Now, I guess uh, first question again to you, Fong, I got to ask you, was this, was this a win for the Kings or was this a loss for the Kings? I'm going to say it's a win for once. I mean... Let's see, who are they missing? Oh. So De'Aaron Fox, uh Rashawn Holmes. Well, yeah. Um Demonte Sabonis. Demonte yeah. Sabonis, yes. And T D. Uh, I was I was wondering uh about Orlando and it seems like they're missing Jonathan Isaac, Jalen Suggs, Bobo, and Wendell Carter Jr. Bobo, I don't think I think Bobo's on the Celtics. I I, I don't know, but uh like oh, Gary Harris. Weird. Gary Harris for some reason didn't play. Wendell Carter didn't play. So like you know they were they were uh, losing missing some guys on their own, and they also like did a thing where like they played their veterans very limited minutes. Like Markel Fultz only played twenty, Terrence Ross only played nineteen, and they gotta just let the young guys rock. Ah, uh, I see. I kind of wish we played our young guys. Am I right? So let, let's get to that. Namias Kata didn't play this game. And it, it's it's a bit infuriating to a certain degree. Now, of course, this could be quelled if Alvin lets lets him play, or if he gets uh, playing time, like in the next few games. But as it stands right now, like even though Damian Jones and Alex Len, they're playing terrific. Like Alex Len was big in that fourth quarter. Like and I know he ended up with a minus six. Well, no, yeah, minus six. But like he was big, like in the fourth quarter. Like he had some he had some like really crucial and timely shots like you know in the early part of that fourth quarter to keep the kings in the game and you know like len was good damian jones did his job and was good like they they weren't minutes but it's just that you know at this point you're not really playing for anything like are we still trying to make the play in i mean if we're trying to make the play in then sure you know if you want to build culture sure that's cool like you can still do that by playing Nimi. Like do it like the, how the Orlando Magic did it. Like they gave, you know, they played their veterans, well, uh, uh, you know, a certain amount of minutes, and like they helped, they really helped them. But ultimately, their goal is to develop, and they did. Now, granted, it was a very deflating loss in a way, but like you know, it, it helps their cause. They're tanking. Yeah, and you know, we're pretty far behind the temp seed at this point. And I'm looking at the seeding, and geez, I Lakers are literally like a whole game away from uh, becoming the 11th seed. Let's uh, let, all right. Let, prediction from you: Do the Lakers make the playoffs? Oh man, that's. <laughs> and and I, how? how say, okay, I'm gonna have you predict them before I read you their schedule. Okay. 
I feel like LeBron is gonna turn up. If it's not LeBron, then I don't think they'll make it <laughs> because, I mean, Anthony Davis isn't gonna be back anytime soon. I don't believe. I don't believe so. It sounds like he's not gonna be back to like, like right away. It's gonna take a little bit. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. This. So let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have eight games left. So maybe he comes back like early April, but like that's gonna be a limited like AD and you know no 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 shades of him, but he is a frail man. Like there is all the chance in the world he gets injured right away. Oh gosh, yeah. If not maybe... trying not trying to put that energy out there, but like let, let's be honest, it's a very like he's so injury prone. Yeah, like if anything, they're definitely gonna sit him out until if they. Uh, you know, stay in the play-in or playoffs. And I feel like, yeah, LeBron's going to have to take up most of the weight of the team to even maintain the 10th seed. Okay, I'm going to read you their schedule right now. You said you said LeBron is going to turn up. He uh, better, yeah. Well, yes, he better because the next game, Dallas, Utah, New Orleans again, which they lost tonight, which is by their, uh, you know, only a game above the Spurs now. Um, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Oklahoma City. Okay, there's an easy one. Uh, Denver. That's, Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two Denver twice. Um, yeah, Denver twice, and then yeah, base, that's about that's about it. But like that is a martyr's row of games, uh... to say the least. So it's like, yeah, that's gonna be rough for them to stay in the play. And they, they, I think they'll, I think they'll miss the playoffs at this point. Like in this in this game, at least, well, I haven't looked at the box score, but just looking at the highlights, like it felt like Russ played well. Oh, okay, one out of what eighty-two games. <laughs> I mean, Grant, like he's looking to pass. He's not forcing those like out of control shots and not taking too many bad shots. Like he's actually looking to pass. I think he's been good, and the fact that he's been good and they still lost this damn game, like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they are fucked. Yeah, I, I don't expect Russ to do anything for them anytime soon, or you know, at all. Because, dear God, this guy has been just terrible. <laughs> I I went back, and granted, I think his mentality has changed. But I did go back at like the trade deadline, some of the podcasts talking about the Lakers and the fact that, like, you know. Some basically they some this was when Russ started to get benched and basically like he was asked a question like hey do you think you should play in the what did you think of you getting benched and he basically just said hey I deserve those minutes I've earned those minutes on the Lakers <sighs> yeah, I'm done fuck off for the Lakers like sure Oklahoma City cool Houston Rockets sure like Wizards yeah sure. Uh, for the Lakers, no, you haven't earned anything. You really don't deserve to play those minutes. <laughs> you really don't. And if the idea is that it might have changed by now, but like he he ain't changed it. He still he still thinks he's he's a terrific player, like a, a player that helps a good team. And he just isn't, and it's, it's probably not going to happen. And they're probably going to miss the playoffs. And granted, he's the scapegoat. He he is going to be the scapegoat for this, but. There are way there are you know deeper reasons as well to why they're why they're gonna end up missing the playoffs. Like the, the team construction is trash. Like AD is a frail, frail man. And then you have Russ just not being a superstar anymore. 
and just being a horrible fit next to LeBron. Like there are there are a lot more issues, um, you know, with the Lakers and you know trading away Russ will probably help, but you're giving up stuff and like I don't know how to get out of this one. Yeah, they're probably years into like just a deep hole of uh, you know bad decisions of uh, getting or acquiring Russ, but. Yeah, even if they bench us, I mean, who's who's really gonna replace him? In but, the... And that's the question, right? Like, you bench us, who are you playing? DJ Augustine? Like, is that really gonna be the answer? Like, come on. <sighs> and that was that was after the trade deadline. For for a while, they didn't have a choice. It was like play Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves went 0 for two this game in 20 minutes. Like, sure, he's been good. He ain't the answer, guys. Yeah, it's, it, they're, I mean, shoot. Any guy in the Lakers at the moment that should replace Russ, I mean, it's not going to make a difference in terms of how far you could, you know, go into the playoffs or, you know, even winning the play and shoot. Let's see. I forgot. How does the play-in work? So the, the 10th seed plays the 8th seed and the 10th seed, seed plays the 9th seed. And oh. the 8th eight, eight seed plays the 7th seed. And whoever loses the 7 and 8 plays whoever wins the 9 and 10. I see. And if you're the low, and you know, if you're the higher seed of like those games, you get home before. Ah, uh, yeah. That's not happening for the Lakers. Uh, and you know, two two more things before we move on. This is a lot of Lakers talk on a Kings podcast. I, um, I know. <laughs> Tre- Trevor Ariza was hailed as the savior. He people were saying, "Oh, this, oh, in the beginning of the season, oh, like this team looks bad, but we'll be good when Trevor Ariza comes back." Sure. Yeah. How's that worked out? He didn't play this game. <laughs> Man, he- uh, Trevor fucking Ariza. Like that was your fucking hope, and like at that point, like the red flags were already flying. Trevor Ariza was supposed to save your season. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's already, Lakers fans. He's already 36, way past his prime. I don't even think... I remember a good last... Uh, like, a last game of Trevor Ariza that was good. So I guess, like, Houston, but, like, in, like, the last game of Houston, the homie went, like, game seven versus the Warriors, over 12 from... Over 12 from three. Oh gosh, what was it that game? It where... is the the twenty seven mysteries. Yes. Okay, it was that game. So it, I don't know. Like Phoenix signed him. I get why it happened. I even get to a certain degree why the King signed him. But like he was fine for the most part. But like for him to be your savior is is will always be um, incredible to me. And also like you know I'm just just gonna rub it. Just gonna rub salt in the wound. You could have had Buddy Heal. Granted, he doesn't solve all your issues, and like you know, you guys would love his defense, but like, you know, you still could have kept KCP. Just say, like you, you don't keep you don't keep uh you don't keep Caruso. You trade away KCP. You trade away Kuzma, and oh look looky there, there's no perimeter defenders left, and you add a Melo and Malik Monk, two guys known for not playing defense. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a whole nother thing. All right, let, let, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, over and yeah, the Kings uh, managed to prevail in overtime, and you know they they play their guys like Harrison Barnes played forty minutes, Davion Mitchell played forty five minutes, Jesus Christ, and no one on the no one on the Magic played more than thirty four. Like it's just one of those things where I just feel like you know you could squeeze in some Nemeas Kata there. Like I don't know who you, who you would play over Davion Mitchell to not make him play forty five minutes, but like 
you know, the Kings are still playing for wins. Like Alvin Gentry, you know, whether it's his choice or not, like is still playing for wins. And ultimately, I don't know if that's like conducive to anything. Like, sure, again, you can build culture, but like at this point, you're playing for ping pong balls. Like you have a very low chance of making a play in unless the unless the Lakers really fall apart and maybe even the Spurs fall apart down the stretch. Like it's not something to chase at the play in is not something to chase at this point. Yeah, to be honest, I have no idea what um, Alvin's thinking at this point. So, I mean, wins are nice, but it's already too late. I mean, who were kidding? James Ham did bring it up though, like in his latest, and th- that was before we won against the Magic. He said, "If the if the if the Kings go eight, was it eight and zero or eight and one in their last nine? I believe they have nine more games. Like basically, if they go like only have only have one more loss the rest of the way, and say the Lakers lose all their games, yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance there." <laughs> That's a hot, like, uh, that's a very, very slim chance, though. And honestly, like, you at that point, you kind of ruin your, you kind of ruin your lottery odds. Although I will, I will always believe that, you know, you build up positive and be positive NBA karma, and you might end up with a good pick, anyways. Just because, like, you don't disrespect the basketball gods by purposely tanking games, and you know the kick. Kings players, they're not tanking these games. They're they're out there to play to win. And for better or for worse, I think that builds up basketball karma. And one of these days, we'll end up with a lottery pick again. But like percentage-wise, like there's no real point in making the playoffs, like over the play-in at this point. Like I don't know, I don't know if we beat New Orleans. I don't know if we beat whoever um, wins the play-in game for Minnesota or LA Clippers. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough sell. Like, it, it's probably be- like theoretically, like if you think about this logically, it makes sense to just lose just lose as many games as possible. But like, I guess if you really believe in building culture and you believe in building basketball karma, sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. At this point, it's like I don't have all these players. I don't really see that much development, like in a personal sense, for each of these players. But in terms of chemistry, I, I feel like some of these guys are going to be gone anyway by the end of the season. And that's the, the and, you know, yeah, and that's the other part, right? Like Davion's been great lately. Like you know, this game twenty two point seven rebounds and nine assists. Mm-hmm. Like unless he's starting next to De'Aaron, none of this is going to matter, really. Yeah. Like granted, like, uh, granted, I think it will help him a lot if he's going to be the designated six man. But like, I I don't see him starting just because like I don't trust the De'Aaron to guard twos. So like, you know, maybe maybe it could work. Like now that you have Dante, and like if you can add a really good four in the off season or a really good wing in the off season, like this could work. Like you could start Davion and uh, Fox together, and you know, one of these days, I will always believe. De'Aaron will turn it up on defense, maybe one, once every few once every few weeks. But like, it's it, I don't know if it's viable, and that kind of like it, make, it makes me doubt like these Davion games are gonna like lead to anything. And I, I actually I really hope they do because he's been great. Like in this game, he put he put like Cole Anthony in the torture chamber. Homie shot five for sixteen this game, and like the last time last time they played against the 
last time they played against the Kings, Cole Anthony, like, I think had 30 something points. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough to say. Like, hmm. and you Def- know, the, and you know, also sorry, sorry to cut you off, but like building yeah. the building chemistry thing, like without De'Aaron and without Sabonis on the floor, like this is not what the team will look like when it's at full strength, and it, it's a substantial like it's a substantial change. So I, I don't know. Again, I want Davion to continue this, but. I said this about Tyrese last year, and you know those two didn't end up working out. Granted, different issues of probably why they didn't work out, and who knows? It maybe it may have worked out like if you gave it a bit more time. But again, I don't see them starting together. Although I would like to see that, see what it turns into. I feel like if we're smart about this, and who who knows what our coach is going to be for the next season? Could be Alvin, could be someone else. But if we're smart about this, we could include Davion in the starting lineup, depending on the lineup, possibly the starting lineup of the opposite team. And, you know, we could just, uh, you know, switch around uh, a couple guys and, you know, some play off the bench. Maybe Davion starts one game, depending on this team, and he'll come off the bench the next. But. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm just thinking too much, I guess, in terms of how far Davion is going to, you know, progress in terms of becoming that six man, I guess. I get where the idea, like, what, what, like how you're thinking. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Like, you constantly, like, change a guy coming off the bench and starting. It tends to screw, like, with their with their head a little bit in a way because you're playing a different role when you're starting and or, or when you're coming off the bench. It's just a little different. And it just, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a big adjustment. Maybe it could work. Like, I'm not saying it can't work. But there is, it, it, it can really screw like with the chemistry and the rhythm of the entire team but like it i mean i wish it could work i don't think it will but it should them two starting together should be something that should be explored Hmm, i see from what i remember i'm not sure i gotta have to check back on it uh i don't remember uh having fox and davion out there was a good fit uh towards the beginning of the season i'm gonna have to check back on that well, so the, the issue was, I think, so this was, uh, I, I believe this was the stat. I haven't looked it up, but I think it was basically the three-guard lineups. Whenever the three-guard lineup played together, it didn't work out well. The numbers are not good. But wow. whenever any combination of the two, like whether it's Tyrese or Fox, Davion and Fox or Davion and Halliburton, those had good, those were actually good lineups. It's just that when the three of them were together, that was the issue. No, oh, yeah, most definitely with the Fox and Halburn defense. <laughs> yeah, and like, again, I, I'm still going to believe to my dying day that Fox can be a consistent defender if he can just put his mind to it. But it's not happened. <laughs> and, you know, like if he can like legitimately like, you know, maybe like guarding twos would help him. Like for, for all we know, you know, like, you know, so, like let's just say he just guards a guy like Buddy Heel, for, for example, like that could work like you know he can he can take on like the lesser of the two perimeter guards and you know see just see how that goes and you know maybe maybe it could un- maybe it could unlock like something nice in terms of lineup uh, versatility you know mm. like davion we know can guard guards yeah 
Uh, well, probably not going to see it this season, sadly, because I believe Fox is going to be out till the end of the season, huh? So J- James Ham likes so like technically right now, like he's going to probably going to be out for you know for the rest of the season unless the Kings like catch lightning in a bottle and somehow they're in the play race. It's okay. basically it's basically how he explained it because like. You know, him injuring his hand and, like, the Sabonis knee injury, like, it's a little scary. Like, especially, again, you're down the stretch. You're likely not playing for anything. You don't want them to sustain a bigger injury down the line. I see. So, yeah. Yeah, then at this point, I probably won't expect uh, to see Fox or Sabonis uh, back this season, I guess. Yeah. Um, quickly back to the game like uh, as we mentioned the Kings were down eight and they managed to fight back like to actually force the game in overtime that is a level of grit and determination and you know never say die attitude that we usually don't see from the Kings and of course that is you know that is brought brought together by you know shot making like DiVincenzo had a crazy ridiculous three to kind of bring them within four and then Trey Lyles had you know his strong layup like it, it's really nice to see them be able to have a kind of have a comeback like this. Granted, against a very shitty Magic team, and you know, again, who are also shorthanded. It, it is kind of it's still concerning to me that the Kings can't take care of business against bad teams. Granted, they're missing their guys, but like, you know, you're still way, way, way better than this Magic team. But like they fall, they you know this team still falls in this you know their bad ISO habits when you know the ball just stops moving all of a sudden, and like you know they get tough shots and that leads to runouts on the other end. And then of course like you have to talk about the defense like that is that is just not good enough. It's not consistent enough on on you know a full game basis that needs to improve. But like I think all of it starts with kind of just shoring up their offense first because they get into these bad droughts and. That's kind of how like the the match were kind of able to take control of the game. I forgot if they led by the end of the third or not. Do, do I have it written down? Yeah, they ended up like they were. They had like I think a five, a four or five point lead at the half when they really should have had a ten point lead. And then by the end of the third, they were trailing by three. Like these kind, like their bad habits lead are what leads to these wins. Now again, it's nice to see them be able to you know complete a really improbable comeback, but. The fact that you got down into a hole like that, that's still concerning to me. Uh, I have, let's see. I have one of our, my questions for you now. So is Davion still uh, taking, like, you know, those ISO shots uh, down in transition, if you know what I'm talking about? Like just the mid-range pull-up and stuff like that? Yeah, try, just trying to create something for himself. I know he got nine assists this game, which is real nice, but... I mean, we could have made a play, right? I- he still had a lot, quite a few possessions where, you know, he doesn't really pass the ball and, like, doesn't really move the ball and kind of just, you know, dri- dribbles out the clock and, you know, forces up a shot. Granted, he made some this game, but, you know, there, again, there's still those bad, 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 bad stretches of offense where the ball just sticks to a guy and they get, and they just jack up, like, bad shots. <sighs> yeah. Well, because right now, I mean, Davion has improved in terms of, you know, I guess passing the ball more because I remember in the beginning of the season, it felt like he barely passed the ball at all. And, you know, he tried to create his own shot, whether it was a mid-ranger, you know, a pull-up free, 
in transition and it always led to <laughs> the opposing and scoring something that you know detrimented our scorings yeah and it's still happening and again like this was a bad 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 orlando team and even though you you're missing your guys you're you're definitely a lot more talented especially if you play your veterans 40 minutes and 36 minutes uh trey lyles and harrison barnes like you should be able to blow out this team now of course that they won down the stretch but again they should never be in the position in the first place like that's what i'm looking for for from the kings upcoming next year i don't really i'm not going to be too worried about how they do against good teams granted like they always seem to stay close to you know good teams and then you know whether by luck or by execution like they managed to win those tough games but what i'm looking for is them being able to beat bad teams and take taking care of business there and i from this game i don't know if they i don't know if they found it yet but again you had to come back down eight like with two minutes to go and you know they need to figure out how to beat bad teams and just put them away early yeah well I guess we'll wait until next season then because I feel like it'd be a lot easier with Fox and uh, Sabonis, but I don't know. I feel like this team, uh, like this lineup as of right now, still needs a little more polishing to, uh, you know, reach that level of, you know, beating these type of teams. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, uh, that's what we have for the game. Before we move on to the commercial break, um, we want to quickly talk about uh, Triple H has um, retired from in-ring competition. He announced it on the Stephen A show. I believe that's a solo show that he did. I, for some reason, I read somewhere that he uh, broke it on first take, but it was on his uh, on the Stephen A show. And yeah, um, I guess, you know, like, are you, let, let's start with this. Are, are you a Triple H fan? Yeah, I was a big Triple H fan back in uh, that era. Well, the era that uh, I watched it, uh, watched him in. Yeah. So I guess, what are your thoughts about hi- about him retiring? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty expected. I mean, he's done the roids. I'm pretty sure. And uh, you know, he's how old now? Like fifty something. Uh, let me check. I think he. Is, I think he is fifty. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, straight up fifty. The one thing I'm kind of afraid of is you know that uh i guess urge of him missing wrestling and potentially sometime in the future he's gonna somehow unretire and you know i guess compete again uh i don't know to what extent but i feel like it's bound to happen it's happened to a bunch of wrestlers at this point that we've seen so yeah i I don't know I'm, i'm i'm just hoping that he watches out for his health and you know uh, also, spend time with his family before thinking about coming back. I think as long as he's still in WWE, he will never wrestle again. Because for better or for worse, I, I actually think it's for the better. I actually like how WWE keeps their wrestlers out for the most part. Like, I know the Keith Lee like stuff. A lot of people were annoyed that they kept Keith Lee out. Or maybe they weren't. At least from some of the people I saw, they were like, where is Keith Lee? Why isn't he wrestling? Well, Keith Lee had a heart condition because of because he caught COVID. And for a long time, WWE just held him out because they were scared he was, you know, and he was going to die, basically, like when he wrestled. 
And for better or for worse, they held him out for long. And, you know, it might have saved his life, for all we know. They're very, very careful and very, very, like, cautious about bringing guys back after health scares. And from what I heard, the Triple H health scare, it was very bad. And, like, you know, he had a, he had a, like, a procedure and he, you know, he's back to health. And, you know, like, he, he, I think he's had a terrific career. And, you know, a lot of people come back because they don't have money. Part of it is the adrenaline rush, too, but a lot of it is for money. And Triple H, mm-hmm. I don't think is, you know, hunting for money. They're, he's not, like, thirsting for money right now. He's probably set for the rest of his life and, you know, in a very good position being, like, an executive in WWE. So I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll ever wrestle again as long as he stays with WWE. Uh, I see. Yeah, hopefully he stays as, you know, that executive guy in WWE because he has done great things for them. And sadly, most of those things have been canceled because of Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess um, <laughs> favorite uh, Triple H moment real quick. Oh, man. Jeez. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Then I'll, I'll, I'll come. I'll come up with one. Um, like I guess, I guess Prime Triple H, the one one hundred percent. You know, um, early two thousands. Uh, basically, in the Royal Rumble, um, him versus Mick Foley in that street fight. Him pedigreeing Cactus Jack on thumbtacks. That was a nasty moment. That mm-hmm. was nasty, and I hate to say it, that was probably my favorite moment that he ever had because. Other than that, like, I didn't, you know, he was good, like, in the early 2000s, especially when he came back. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe, like, this is probably my favorite. When he came back in Madison Square Garden in 02, and the pop for him was just insane, was, which was so weird because he left as a heel, and for some reason, the fans just all of a sudden loved him for some reason. Uh, but, yeah, though, I guess those would be my two favorite moments. In terms of his in-ring career, I've never been a huge fan for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, after I started learning what wrestling, like, what good work was in, in, in wrestling. And, like, his style was just slow and plodding. And it's all it was always, like, 20 or so minutes. It was, like, you know, especially, like, after a certain, like, point where he started only doing it part-time. Like, sitting through a 20-minute Triple H match was grounds for me just skipping that match. Or it was going to be my toilet break, if you will. Uh, I mean, as a kid, I always thought that the longer the match with all these superstars, the better it was, especially, you know, during the pay-per-views. And I guess for my big moment for Triple H, I mean, the, I mean, it's got to be the one that I watched live was, you know, the 2009 ba- The Bash. I, I, that's the name, right? The, the Bash. <laughs> I think it was, it might have been the Great American Bash. I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I actually didn't really watch during that during it, that era. Yeah, I, I was there live to watch it where uh, it was like, what, the pre-stages of hell or whatever against Randy Orton mm. or the WWE Championship. And uh, yeah, that, that was during the time when Randy Orton was one of the biggest heels, I believe, uh, during that time. And man, oh man. When Randy Orton pulled that out, that uh, stretcher for Triple H over the what you call it? I guess the line. I, I don't know. The Bash had a lot of weird, uh, I guess, game show type 
matches, <laughs> like the ECW one, and you know this one with Triple H, and I, there was one with CM Punk, I believe. I forgot how that went. But anyway, yeah, for some reason that came to mind because you know it was the one match that I saw first and last of Triple H. Sadly, because you know every single uh, other show I went to, I didn't get to see uh, Triple H uh, compete ever. I guess. Yeah, I've actually never. Yeah, I've never seen a Triple H match live before. I, I don't think I'd be. Maybe like if I was there live, I'd be a little bit hyped for. I, I will admit, like when I was young, when I was like you know like a teenager, like when I watched like you know 2007, 2008, and a little bit of 2009, I thought Triple H was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I didn't really look at match quality. It was just this was a big big star, and everything he does is cool, and he can do no wrong. I did like him back then, but like especially like nowadays, oh, yeah. he, especially how he. No, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but uh, how dare you? you? <laughs> especially, I don't know if you watched him live, like do the spit water thing, whatever he does. It, it is pretty cool how they set it up. And you know, I would be remiss to say I didn't try and do that, like in the shower and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and just one last, I guess, funny note. Um, I remember watching Wrestle Talks uh, <clears throat> reaction to one of uh, one of one of the Saudi shows, and that was ironically his last ever like in ring match, like televised anyway, and. He was facing against Randy Orton. And I've said my piece on Randy Orton. I think he's very boring. Yeah. And Triple H is in that same vein. They're, Randy Orton is definitely a disciple of, of uh, Triple H. Or Randy Orton is definitely a disciple of Triple H. And I, I get that they're very, very fundamentally sound and fundamentally good. I'm sorry. Watching it now, especially with a lot of the other kind of indie wrestling and all that stuff, it is just slow and boring. I'm sorry. That's just how I see it. I'm not into them either, so that doesn't help. I remember they were complaint. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say yeah. Like as a kid, you probably wouldn't notice uh, like the fundamental stuff about Rain Warrior or Triple H. Nowadays, it's like you kind of could tell like when the match is about to end <laughs> with these guys, and yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of takes away the fun of uh, you know the match as an adult now well the funny thing was you couldn't really tell when it was about to end because it was just so slow i believe it was like an over 20 minute match and at one point i think randy orton hit the rko and the wrestle talk guys were just like oh please then please then no he kicked out no <laughs> and it was just so slow and plotting and by the end of the match they were just like thank fucking god it's over and then the next match is bobby lashley versus braun Strowman. And like, you know, a minute into the match, I think Braun Strowman started running. And <laughs> one of the guys just yelled out, holy shit, someone ran. Oh my God, <laughs> it's, so, it's such a refresher. It's it's unfortunate that's gonna be probably my last memory of Triple H, at least in ring. But it, I'm, I'll be remiss to say like, he wasn't like, you know, very crucial to kind of my childhood. Like he, he was a real star and he, he still is. I just wouldn't watch him wrestle anymore. But, you know, you got to credit him for, you know, building NXT. He gets it. He gets it. Granted, I don't think NXT made a lot of money, but you can't deny that that changed the wrestling culture as well. Mm-hmm. And DX. Don't forget about DX. That that stuff, I I remember when they came back, I was like, wait, what's this? 
well, what's what is he doing with uh, Shawn Michaels and all this? All I see is like all the X's and whatnot. Look, I, I again talk. I guess like I should just give Triple H way more credit than I than like I do, but like I can't lie that how much I love those cock jokes, those uh, farting jokes, and those poop jokes, if you will. Like it's just like a part of me will always find whoever says those words very very funny the most <laughs> immature part of me it, it will always find those things funny and it got got to give it some I, I remember laughing so hard when that when that shit happened live so yeah i guess a triple h um, way more to you know I, I i should give a lot more props to triple h i guess looking back yeah i mean he had a whole history and we're just thinking of the little things i guess I also would be lying to say that I am happy, or I would be I would be lying if I didn't say, like, well, if I said I was looking forward to his match, any any matches he would do in the future. I am not I am not a fan of Triple H's matches now go the days or now the days. So, you know, it's sad that he has to retire from mid ring competition. I imagine he loves it. I'm sorry, I will never I will I'm not going to lose any sleep. That I'm never gonna watch a uh, Triple H match ever again. So get get well get well soon, Hunter, and you know have a happy retirement. You, you don't need to wrestle again. It's, it's fine. Your your legacy is cemented. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, after the commercial break, uh, we will be talking about the Miami Heat game. And you you want to predict a win or a loss? I'm gonna predict a loss. <laughs> I yeah, like- I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat the I think they're gonna beat the Kings and because like yeah. they've been they've been like getting some pretty bad losses. There's a lot of anger probably seeped yeah. in there now. Yeah, especially Jimmy Butler. I feel like Jimmy Butler is gonna have a comeback game, and it's of course gonna happen against the Kings. He's probably gonna drop. I am gonna say thirty points, eight assists, nine rebounds for some reason. There's an even harder question. Will Udonis Haslam be able to play? Because it's going to be a blowout. Oh, I'm going to say he's going to play eight minutes. I don't think so. Not, not eight minutes. I'm, I'll definitely take the under. Probably like two minutes, just because like it's the end of the blow at, at the end of a blowout. Mm, let's see. Yeah, I could see that. I guess it depends on how bad we get we get blown out because. Everyone's pretty healthy, if I remember correctly, right? I need uh, to check. I think uh, Tyler Hero is going to be questionable. Um, I think PJ Tucker was questionable, and like I think some other guys. But like, yeah, pretty much everyone's healthy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not expecting too much, but I, I, I'm hoping to see a fight at least, and I'm hoping to see improvement. That's about it. Okay. Well, uh, we'll uh, you'll hear back from us after the commercial break. Okay, hello, welcome to episode one seventy seven of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you a day after the Orlando Magic Sacramento Kings game where the Kings win in overtime. Yes, in overtime, uh, 114 to 110. Uh, The Kings were down eight late in the game and they were able to come back. After a Cole Anthony little floater thingy that he hit, the Kings were able to, you know, hit hit a few threes, get some some nice offensive rebounds and some, some good layups and compounded by 
a Davion steal uh, on Cole Anthony to tie the game um, that basically improbably allowed an eight-point comeback in the last two minutes. Um, and the Kings were able to prevail in overtime. That is basically the gist of the game. Now, I guess uh, first question again to you, Fong, I got to ask you, was this, was this the win for the Kings or was this a loss for the Kings? I'm going to say it's a win for once. I mean, let's see, who are they missing? Oh. So De'Aaron Fox, uh, Rashawn Holmes. Well, yeah. Um, DeMontis Sabonis. DeMontis yeah. Sabonis, yes. And TD. Uh, I was I was wondering uh, about Orlando, and it seems like they're missing Jonathan Isaac, Jalen Suggs, Bobo, and Wendell Carter Jr. Bobo, I don't think I think Bobo's on the Celtics. I I, I don't know, but uh, like oh, Gary Harris, weird. Gary Harris for some reason didn't play. Wendell Carter didn't play. So like you know they were they were uh, lose, missing some guys on their own, and they also like did a thing where like they played their veterans very limited minutes. Like Markel Fultz only played twenty, Terrence Ross only played nineteen, and they gotta just let the young guys rock. Ah, uh, I see. I kind of wish we played our young guys. Am I right? So let, let's get to that. Namias Kata didn't play this game, and it, it's it's a bit infuriating to a certain degree. Now, of course, this could be quelled if Alvin lets lets him play, or if he gets uh, playing time, like in the next few games. But as it stands right now, like even though Damian Jones and Alex Len, they're playing terrific. Like Alex Len was big in that fourth quarter. Like and I know he ended up with a minus six. Well, no, yeah, minus six. But like he was big, like in the fourth quarter. Like he had some, he had some like really crucial and timely shots. Like you know, in the early part of that fourth quarter to keep the Kings in the game. And you know, like Len was good. Damian Jones did his job and was good. Like they, they weren't minutes. But it's just that, you know, at this point, you're not really playing for anything. Like, are we still trying to make the play in? I mean, if we're trying to make the play in, then sure. You know, if you want to build culture, sure, that's cool. Like, you can still do that by playing Nimi. Like, do it like how the Orlando Magic did it. Like, they gave, you know, they played their veterans, uh, uh, you know, a certain amount of minutes. And, like, they helped, they really helped them. But ultimately, their goal is to develop, and they did. Now, granted, it was a very deflating loss in a way, but like, you know, it, it helps their cause. They're tanking. Yeah. And, you know, we're pretty far behind the 10th seed at this point. And I'm looking at the seeding and, geez, I, Lakers are literally like a whole game away from uh, becoming the 11th seed. Let's, uh, let, all right, let, prediction from you. Do the Lakers make the playoffs? Oh, man. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how I said, okay, I'm going to have you predict them before I read you their schedule. Okay. I feel like LeBron is going to turn up. If it's not LeBron, then I don't think they'll make it <laughs> because, I mean, Anthony Davis isn't going to be back anytime soon, I don't believe. I don't believe so. It sounds like he's not going to be back like, like right away. It's going to take a little bit, man. Yeah. Like so, this so let me see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have eight games left, so maybe he comes back like early April, but like that's gonna be a limited like AD. And you know, no, no, no shade to him, but he is a frail man, like, there is all the chance in the world he gets injured right away. 
Oh gosh, yeah. If not, able- try, not trying to put that energy out there, but like, let, let's be honest, it's a very like he's so injury prone. Yeah, like if anything, they're definitely going to sit him out until if they, uh, you know, stand to play in or playoffs. And I feel like, yeah, LeBron's going to have to take up most of the weight of the team to even maintain the 10th seed. Okay, I'm going to read you their schedule right now. You said you said LeBron is going to turn up. He uh, better, yeah. Well, yes, he better because the next game, Dallas, Utah, New Orleans again, which they lost tonight, which is by their, uh, you know, only a game above the Spurs now. Um, Denver. Phoenix, Golden State, Oklahoma City. Okay, there's an easy one. Uh, Denver. That's, Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two Denver twice. Um, yeah, Denver twice, and then yeah, base, that's about that's about it. But like that is a martyr's row of games. Uh, to say the least. So it's like, yeah, that's gonna be rough for them to stay in the play. And they they I think they'll I think they'll miss the playoffs at this point. Like in this in this game, at least, well, I haven't looked at the box score, but just looking at the highlights, like it felt like Russ played well. Oh, okay, one out of what eighty-two games. <laughs> I mean, like he's looking to pass. He's not forcing those like out of control shots and not taking too many bad shots. Like he's actually looking to pass. I think he's been good, and the fact that he's been good and they still lost this damn game, like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they are fucked. Yeah, I, I don't expect Russ to do anything for them anytime soon, or you know, at all. Because, dear God, this guy has been just terrible. <laughs> I I went back, and granted, I think his mentality has changed. But I did go back at like the trade deadline, some of the podcasts talking about the Lakers and the fact that, like, you know. So basically, they some. This was when Russ started to get benched, and basically, like he was asked a question, like, "Hey, do you think you should play in the? What did you think of you getting benched?" And he basically just said, "Hey, I deserve those minutes. I've earned those minutes." On the Lakers, <sighs> I'm done. Fuck off for the Lakers. Like, sure, Oklahoma City, cool. Houston Rockets, sure. Like Wizards, yeah, sure. Uh, for the Lakers. No, you haven't earned anything. You really don't deserve to play those minutes. <laughs> you really don't. And the idea is that it might have changed by now, but like he he ain't changed it. He still he still thinks he's he's a terrific player, like a, a player that helps a good team, and he just isn't. And it's, it's probably not going to happen. And they're probably going to miss the playoffs. And granted, he's the scapegoat. He he is going to be the scapegoat for this. But there are way there are you know deeper reasons as well to why they're why they're going to end up missing the playoffs. Like the the team construction is trash. Like AD is a frail frail man, and then you have Russ just not being a superstar anymore, and just being a horrible fit next to LeBron. Like there are there are a lot more issues. Um, you know with the lakers and you know trading away russ will probably help but you're giving up stuff and like i don't know how to get out of this one yeah they're probably years into like just a deep hole of uh you know bad decisions of uh, getting or acquiring russ but yeah even if they bench russ i mean who's who's really gonna replace him and that's the question right like you bench russ who you playing dj augustine like, is that really going to be the answer? Like, come on. 
and that was that was after the trade deadline. For, for a while, they didn't have a choice. It was like play Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves went 0 for two this game in 20 minutes. Like, sure, he's been good. He ain't the answer, guys. Yeah, it's, it, they're. I mean, shoot, any guy in the Lakers at the moment that should replace Russ. I mean, it's not going to make a difference in terms of how far you could, you know go into the playoffs or you know even winning the play and shoot let's see i forgot how does the play-in work so the, the 10th seed plays the eighth seed and the 10th ninth... seed 10 seed plays the ninth seed and oh. the eighth seed plays the seventh seed and whoever loses the seven and eight plays whoever wins the nine and ten i see and if you're the low and you know if you're the higher seed of like those games you get home before ah uh, yeah that's not happening for the lakers uh, and you know, two two more things before we move on. This is a lot of Lakers talk on a Kings podcast. I, um, I know. <laughs> Tre- Trevor Ariza was hailed as the savior. He people were saying, "Oh, this, oh, in the beginning of the season, oh, like this team looks bad, but we'll be good when Trevor Ariza comes back." Sure. Yeah. How's that worked out? He didn't play this game. <laughs> Man, he- uh, Trevor fucking Ariza, like that was your fucking hope, and like at that point, like the red flags were already flying. Trevor Ariza was supposed to save your season. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's already, Lakers fans. He's already 36, way past his prime. I don't even think... I remember a good last... Uh, like, a last game of Trevor Ariza that was good. So I guess, like, Houston, but, like, in, like, the last game of Houston, the homie went, like, game seven versus the Warriors, over 12 from... Over 12 from three. Oh gosh, what was it that game? It where... is the the twenty seven mysteries. Yes. Okay, it was that game. So it, I don't know. Like Phoenix signed him. I get why it happened. I even get to a certain degree why the King signed him. But like he was fine for the most part. But like for him to be your savior is is will always be um, incredible to me. And also like you know I'm just just gonna rub it. Just gonna rub salt in the wound. You could have had Buddy Heal. Granted, he doesn't solve all your issues, and like you know, you guys would love his defense, but like, you know, you still could have kept KCP. Just say, like you, you don't keep, you don't keep, uh, you don't keep Caruso. You trade away KCP. You trade away Kuzma, and oh, look, looky there. There's no perimeter defenders left, and you add a Melo and Malik Monk, two guys known for not playing defense. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a whole nother thing. All right, let, let, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, over and yeah, the Kings uh, managed to prevail in overtime, and you know they they play their guys like Harrison Barnes played forty minutes, Davion Mitchell played forty five minutes, Jesus Christ, and no one on the no one on the Magic played more than thirty four. Like it's just one of those things where I just feel like you know you could squeeze in some Nemeas Kata there. Like I don't know who you, who you would play over Davion Mitchell to not make him play forty five minutes, but like. You know, the Kings are still playing for wins. Like Alvin Gentry, you know, whether it's his choice or not, like is still playing for wins. And ultimately, I don't know if that's like conducive to anything. Like, sure, again, you can build culture, but like at this point, you're playing for ping pong balls. Like you have a very low chance of making a play in unless the unless the Lakers really fall apart and maybe even the Spurs fall apart down the stretch. Like it's not something to chase. The play-in is not something to chase at this point. Yeah, to be honest, I have no idea what um, Alvin's thinking at this point. So, I mean, wins are nice, but it's already too late. 
I mean, who were kidding? James Ham did bring it up though, like in his latest, and th that was before we won against the Magic. He said, if the if the if the Kings go eight, was it eight and zero or eight and one in their last nine? I believe they have nine more games. Like basically, if they go like only have only have one more loss the rest of the way, and say the Lakers lose all their games, yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance there. That's a hot like. <laughs> That's a very, very slim chance, though. And honestly, like you, at that point, you kind of ruin your, you kind of ruin your lottery odds. Although I will, I will always believe that, you know, you build up positive and be positive NBA karma, and you might end up with a good pick anyways, just because like you don't disrespect the basketball gods by purposely tanking games, and you know the kick. Kings players, they're not tanking these games. They're they're out there to play to win. And for better or for worse, I think that builds up basketball karma. And one of these days, we'll end up with a lottery pick again. But like percentage-wise, like there's no real point in making the playoffs, like over the play-in at this point. Like I don't know, I don't know if we beat New Orleans. I don't know if we beat whoever um, wins the play-in game for Minnesota or LA Clippers. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough sell. Like, it, it's probably better. Like, theoretically, like if you think about this logically, it makes sense to just lose just lose as many games as possible. But like, I guess if you really believe in building culture and you believe in building basketball karma, sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. At this point, it's like I don't have all these players. I don't really see that much development, like in a personal sense, for each of these players. But in terms of chemistry, I, I feel like some of these guys are going to be gone anyway by the end of the season. And that's the, the and, you know, yeah, and that's the other part, right? Like Davion's been great lately. Like you know, this game twenty two point seven rebounds and nine assists. Mm -hmm. Like unless he's starting next to De'Aaron, none of this is going to matter, really. Yeah. Like granted, but, yeah, granted, I think it will help him a lot if he's going to be the designated six man. But like, I I don't see him starting just because like I don't trust the De'Aaron and the guard twos. So like, you know, may, maybe it could work. Like now that you have Dante and like if you can add a really good four in the offseason or a really good wing in the offseason, like this could work. Like you could start Davion and uh, Fox together. And, you know, one of these days, I will always believe. De'Aaron will turn it up on defense, maybe one, once every few once every few weeks. But like, it's it, I don't know if it's viable, and that kind of like it, make, it makes me doubt like these Davion games are gonna like lead to anything. And I, I actually I really hope they do because he's been great. Like in this game, he put he put like Cole Anthony in the torture chamber. Homie shot five for sixteen this game, and like the last time last time they played against the last time they played against the Kings. Co-Anthony, like, I think had 30-something points. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough to say. Like, hmm. And, you know, the, and, you know, also, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but, like, building yeah. the building chemistry thing, like, without De'Aaron and without Sabonis on the floor, like, this is not what the team will look like when it's at full strength. And it, it's a substantial, like, is a substantial change. So I, I don't know. Uh, again, I want Davion to continue this, but 
I said this about Tyrese last year, and, and you know, those two didn't end up working out. Granted, different issues of probably why they didn't work out. And who knows? It maybe it may have worked out like if you gave it a bit more time, but again, I don't see them starting together, although I would like to see that, see what it turns into. I feel like if we're smart about this, and who who knows what our coach is going to be uh, for the next season. Could be Alvin, could be someone else. But if we're smart about this, we could include Davion in the starting lineup, depending on the lineup, possibly, the starting lineup of the opposite team. And, you know, we could just, uh, you know, switch around uh, a couple guys and, you know, some play off the bench. Maybe Davion starts one game depending on this team and he'll come off the bench the next but yeah that's i don't know i'm just thinking too much i guess in terms of how far davion is gonna you know progress in terms of becoming that six man i guess i get where the idea like what, what like how you're thinking and unfortunately it just doesn't work like that unfortunately like you constantly like change a guy coming off the bench and starting it tends to screw like with their with their head a little bit in a way because you're playing a different role when you're starting and or, or when you're coming off the bench it's just a little different and it just it, it's it's a lot it's a big adjustment maybe it could work like i'm not saying it can't work but there is it, it can really screw like with the chemistry and the rhythm of the entire team but like it i mean i wish it could work I don't think it will, but it should be, them two starting together should be something that should be explored. Hmm, I see. From what I remember, I'm not sure. I gotta have to check back on it. Uh, I don't remember uh, having Fox and Davion out there was a good fit uh, towards the beginning of the season. I'm gonna have to check back on that. Well, so the, the issue was, I think, so this was, uh, I, I believe this was the stat. I haven't looked it up, but I think it was basically the three-guard lineups. Whenever the three-guard lineup played together, it didn't work out well. The numbers are not good. But wow. whenever any combination of the two, like whether it's Tyrese or Fox, Davion and Fox or Davion and Halliburton, those had good, those were actually good lineups. It's just that when the three of them were together, that was the issue. No, oh, yeah, most definitely with the Fox and Halburn defense. <laughs> yeah, and like, again, I, I'm still going to believe to my dying day that Fox can be a consistent defender if he can just put his mind to it. But it's not happened. <laughs> and, you know, like if he can like legitimately like, you know, maybe like guarding twos would help him. Like for, for all we know, you know, like, you know, so, like let's just say he just guards a guy like Buddy Heel, for, for example, like that could work like you know he can he can take on like the lesser of the two perimeter guards and you know see just see how that goes and you know maybe maybe it could un maybe it could unlock like something nice in terms of lineup uh, versatility you know mm. like davion we know can guard guards yeah uh, well probably not gonna see it this season sadly because i believe fox is gonna be out till the end of the season huh so J James Ham like so like technically right now like he's gonna probably gonna be out for you know for the rest of the season unless the Kings like catch lightning in a bottle and somehow they're in the play race. It's okay. basically it's basically how he explained it because like 
you know, him injuring his hand and like the Sabonis knee injury, like it's a little scary. Like, especially again, you're down the stretch. You're likely not playing for anything. You don't want them to sustain a bigger injury down the line. I see. So, yeah. Yeah. Then at this point, I probably won't expect uh, to see Fox or Sabonis uh, back this season, I guess. Yeah. Um, quickly back to the game like uh, as we mentioned the Kings were down eight and they managed to fight back like to actually force the game in overtime that is a level of grit and determination and you know never say die attitude that we usually don't see from the Kings and of course that is you know that is brought brought together by you know shot making like DiVincenzo had a crazy ridiculous three to kind of bring them within four and then Trey Lyles had you know his strong layup like it, it's really nice to see them be able to have a kind of have a comeback like this. Granted, against a very shitty Magic team, and you know, again, who are also shorthanded. It, it is kind of it's still concerning to me that the Kings can't take care of business against bad teams. Granted, they're missing their guys, but like, you know, you're still way, way, way better than this Magic team. But like they fall, they you know this team still falls in this you know their bad ISO habits when you know the ball just stops moving all of a sudden, and like you know they get tough shots and that leads to runouts on the other end. And then of course like you have to talk about the defense like that is that is just not good enough. It's not consistent enough on on you know a full game basis. That needs to improve. But like I think all of it starts with kind of just shoring up their offense first because they get into these bad droughts and. That's kind of how like the the magic were kind of able to take control of the game. I forgot if they led by the end of the third or not. Do, do I have it written down? Yeah, they ended up like they were. They had like I think a five, a four or five point lead at the half when they really should have had a ten point lead. And then by the end of the third, they were trailing by three. Like these kind, like their bad habits lead are what leads to these wins. Now again, it's nice to see them be able to you know complete a really improbable comeback, but. The fact that you got down into a hole like that, that's still concerning to me. Uh, I have, let's see. I have one of our, my questions for you now. So is Davion still uh, taking, like, you know, those ISO shots uh, down in transition, if you know what I'm talking about? Like just the mid-range pull-up and stuff like that? Yeah, try, just trying to create something for himself. I know he got nine assists this game, which is real nice, but... I mean, we could have made a play, right? I... He still had a lot, quite a few possessions where, you know, he doesn't really pass the ball and, like, doesn't really move the ball and kind of just, you know, dribbles out the clock and, you know, forces up a shot. Granted, he made some this game, but, you know, there, again, there's still those bad, 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 bad stretches of offense where the ball just sticks to a guy and they get, and they just jack up, like, bad shots. <sighs> yeah. Well, because right now, I mean, Davion has improved in terms of, you know, I guess passing the ball more because I remember in the beginning of the season, it felt like he barely passed the ball at all. And, you know, he tried to create his own shot, whether it's a mid-range or, you know, a pull-up free in transition. And it always led to <laughs> the opposing and scoring something that, you know, detrimented our scorings yeah and it's still happening and again like this was a bad 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 orlando team and even though you're you're missing your guys you're you're definitely a lot more talented especially if you play your veterans 
40 minutes and 36 minutes uh trey lyles and harrison barnes like you should be able to blow out this team now of course that they won down the stretch but again they should never be in the position in the first place and like that's what i'm looking for for from the kings upcoming next year i don't really i'm not going to be too worried about how they do against good teams granted like they always seem to stay close to you know good teams and then you know whether by luck or by execution like they managed to win those tough games but what i'm looking for is them being able to beat bad teams and take taking care of business there and i from this game i don't know if they i don't know if they found it yet but again you had to come back down eight like with two minutes to go and you know they need to figure out how to beat bad teams and just put them away early yeah well I guess we'll wait until next season then because I feel like it'd be a lot easier with Fox and uh, Sabonis, but I don't know. I feel like this team, uh, like this lineup as of right now, still needs a little more polishing to, uh, you know, reach that level of, you know, beating these type of teams. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, uh, that's what we have for the game. Before we move on to the commercial break, um, we want to quickly talk about uh, Triple H has um, retired from in-ring competition. He announced it on the Stephen A show. I believe that's a solo show that he did. I, for some reason, I read somewhere that he uh, broke it on first take, but it was on his uh, on the Stephen A show. And yeah, um, I guess, you know, like, are you let, let's start with this. Are, are you a Triple H fan? Yeah, I was a big Triple H fan back in uh, that era. Well, the era that uh, I watched it uh, watched him in. Yeah, so I guess what are your thoughts about hi- about him retiring? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty expected. I mean, he's done the roids, I'm pretty sure, and uh, you know, he's how old now? Like fifty something? Uh, let me check. I think he is, I think he is fifty. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, straight up fifty. The one thing I'm kind of afraid of is you know that uh i guess urge of him missing wrestling and potentially sometime in the future he's gonna somehow unretire and you know i guess compete again uh i don't know to what extent but i feel like it's bound to happen it's happened to a bunch of wrestlers at this point that we've seen so yeah i I don't know i'm 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 just hoping that he watches out for his health and you know uh also spend time with his family before thinking about coming back i think as long as he's still in wwe he will never wrestle again because for better for worse i i actually think it's for the better i actually like how wwe keeps the wrestlers out for the most part like i know the keith lee like stuff a lot of people were annoyed that they kept keith lee out or maybe they weren't at least from some of the people i saw they were like where is keith lee why isn't he wrestling well keith lee had a heart condition because of because he caught covid and for a long time wwe just held him out because they were scared he was you know and he was gonna die basically like when he wrestled and for better or for worse they held him out for long and you know, it might have saved his life, for all we know. They're very, very careful and very, very, like, cautious about bringing guys back after health scares. And from what I heard, the Triple H health scare, it was very bad. And, like, you know, he had, a he had a like, a procedure. And he, you know, he's back to health. And, you know, 
like he, he I think he's had a per- terrific career and you know a lot of people come back because they don't have money a part of it is the adrenaline rush too but a lot of it is for money and Triple H mm-hmm. prop I don't think is you know hunting for money there he's not like thirsting for money right now he's probably set for the rest of his life and you know in a very good position being like an executive in WWE so I don't think he'll I don't think he'll ever wrestle again as long as he stays with WWE uh, I see. Yeah, hopefully he stays as, you know, that executive guy in WWE because he has done great things for them. And sadly, most of those things have been canceled because of Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess um, <laughs> favorite uh, Triple H moment real quick. Oh, man. Jeez. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Then I'll, I'll, I'll come. I'll come up with one. Um, like I guess, I guess prime Triple H, one one hundred percent. You know, um, early two thousands. Uh, basically, in the Royal Rumble, um, him versus Mick Foley in that street fight. Him pedigreeing Cactus Jack on thumbtacks. That was a nasty moment. That mm-hmm. was nasty, and I hate to say it, that was probably my favorite moment that he ever had because. Other than that, like I didn't, you know, he was good like in the early 2000s, especially when he came back. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe like this is probably my favorite when he came back in Madison Square Garden in 02, and the pop for him was just insane, which, which was so weird because he left as a heel, and for some reason the fans just all of a sudden loved him for some reason. Uh, but yeah, though, I guess those would be my two favorite moments in terms of his in ring career. I've never been a huge fan for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like after I started learning what wrestling, like what good work was in, in, in wrestling and like his style was just slow and plodding. And it's all, it was always like 20 or so minutes. It was like, you know, especially like after a certain like point where he started only doing part time, like sitting through a 20 minute Triple H match was grounds for me just skipping that match or it was going to be my toilet break, if you will. Uh, I mean, as a kid, I always thought that the longer the match with all these superstars, the better it was, especially, you know, during the pay-per-views. And I guess for my big moment for Triple H, I mean, the, I mean, it's got to be the one that I watched live was, you know, the 2009 The Bash. I, I, that's the name, right? The, the Bash. <laughs> I think it was, it might have been the Great American Bash. I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I actually didn't really watch during that during it, that era. Yeah, I, I was there live to watch it where uh, it was like, what, the pre-stages of hell or whatever against Randy Orton mm. or the WWE Championship. And uh, yeah, that, that was during the time when Randy Orton was one of the biggest heels, I believe, uh, during that time. And man, oh man. When Randy Orton pulled that out, that uh, stretcher for Triple H over the what you call it, I guess the line. I, I don't know. The match had a lot of weird, uh, I guess, game show type matches. <laughs> I remember, like the ECW one, and you know this one with Triple H, and I, there was one with CM Punk, I believe. I forgot how that went. But anyway, yeah, for some reason that came to mind because, you know, it was the one match that I saw first and last of Triple H, sadly, because, you know, every single uh, other show I went to, I didn't get to see uh, Triple H uh, compete ever, I guess. 
Yeah, I've actually never. Yeah, I've never seen a Triple H match live before. I, I don't think I'd be. Maybe like if I was there live, I'd be a little bit hyped for. I, I will admit, like when I was young, when I was like you know like a teenager, like when I watched like you know 2007, 2008, and a little bit of 2009, I thought Triple H was fucking cool. Like, you know, I didn't really look at match quality. It was just, this was a big, big star and everything he does is cool and he can do no wrong. I did like him back then, but like, especially like nowadays. Oh, yeah. you, especially how he. No, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but. Uh, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> especially, I don't know if you watched him live, like do the spit water thing, whatever he does. It, it is pretty cool how they set it up. And you know, I would be remiss to say I didn't try and do that, like in the shower and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and just one last, I guess, funny note. Um, I remember watching Wrestle Talks' uh, <clears throat> reaction to one of uh, one of one of the Saudi shows, and that was ironically his last ever like in ring match, like televised anyway, and. He was facing against Randy Orton. And I've said my piece on Randy Orton. I think he's very boring. Yeah. And Triple H is in that same vein. They're, Randy Orton is definitely a disciple of, of uh, Triple H. Or Randy Orton is definitely a disciple of Triple H. And I, I get that they're very, very fundamentally sound and fundamentally good. I'm sorry. Watching it now, especially with a lot of the other kind of indie wrestling and all that stuff, it is just slow and boring. I'm sorry. That's just how I see it. I'm not into them either, so that doesn't help. I remember they were complete. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just gonna say, yeah. Like as a kid, you probably wouldn't notice, uh, like the fundamental stuff about Rain Warrior or Triple H. Nowadays, it's like you kind of could tell, like when the match is about to end <laughs> with these guys, and yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of takes away the fun of, uh, you know a match as an adult now well the funny thing was you couldn't really tell when it was about to end because it was just so slow i believe it was like an over 20 minute match and at one point i think randy orton hit the rko and the wrestle talk guys were just like oh please then please then no he kicked out no <laughs> and it was just so slow and plotting and by the end of the match they were just like thank fucking god it's over and then the next match is bobby lashley versus braun Strowman. And like, you know, a minute into the match, I think Braun Strowman started running. And <laughs> one of the guys just yelled out, holy shit, someone ran. Oh my God, <laughs> it's, so, it's such a refresher. It's it's unfortunate that's gonna be probably my last memory of Triple H, at least in ring. But it, I'm, I'll be remiss to say like, he wasn't like, you know, very crucial to kind of my childhood. Like he, he was a real star and he, he still is. I just wouldn't watch him wrestle anymore. But, you know, you got to credit him for, you know, building NXT. He gets it. He gets it. Granted, I don't think NXT made a lot of money, but you can't deny that that changed the wrestling culture as well. Mm -hmm. And DX. Don't forget about DX. That that stuff, I I remember when they came back, I was like, wait, what's this? <laughs> well, what's, what is he doing with uh, Shawn Michaels and all this? All I see is, like, all the X's and whatnot. Look, I, I again talk. I guess like I should just give Triple H way more credit than I than like I do, but like I can't lie that how much I love those cock jokes, those uh, farting jokes, and those poop jokes, if you will. Like it's just like a part of me will always find whoever says those words very very funny. 
the most <laughs> immature part of me. It, it will always find those things funny, and it got got to give it to him. I I remember laughing so hard when that when that shit happened live. So, yeah, I guess a triple H, way more to you know, I I should give a lot more props to Triple H. I guess looking back. Yeah, I mean he had a whole history, and we're just thinking of the little things, I guess. I also would be lying to say that I am happy, or I would be I would be lying if I didn't say, like, well, if I said I was looking forward to his match, any any matches he would do in the future. I am not I am not a fan of Triple H's matches now go the days or now the days. So, you know, it's sad that he has to retire from mid ring competition. I imagine he loves it. I'm sorry, I will never I will I'm not gonna lose any sleep that I'm never gonna watch a uh, Triple H match ever again. So get get well get well soon, Hunter. And you know, have a happy retirement. You, you don't need to wrestle again. It's, it's fine. Your your legacy is cemented. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh after the commercial break, uh we will be talking about the Miami Heat game. And you you wanna predict a win or a loss? I'm gonna predict a loss. <laughs> I yeah, like- I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat the I think they're gonna beat the Kings and because like yeah. they've been they've been like getting some pretty bad losses. There's a lot of anger probably seeped yeah. in there now. Yeah, especially Jimmy Butler. I feel like Jimmy Butler is gonna have a comeback game, and it's of course gonna happen against the Kings. He's probably gonna drop. I am gonna say thirty points, eight assists, nine rebounds for some reason. There's an even harder question. Will Udonis Haslam be able to play? Because it's going to be a blowout. Oh, I'm going to say he's going to play eight minutes. I don't think so. Not, not eight minutes. I'm, I'll definitely take the under. Probably like two minutes, just because like it's the end of the blow at, at the end of a blowout. Mm, let's see. Yeah, I could see that. I guess it depends on how bad we get we get blown out because. Everyone's pretty healthy, if I remember correctly, right? I need uh, to check. I think uh, Tyler Hero is going to be questionable. Um, I think PJ Tucker was questionable, and like I think some other guys. But like, yeah, pretty much everyone's healthy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not expecting too much, but I, I, I'm hoping to see a fight at least, and I'm hoping to see improvement. That's about it. Okay. Well, uh, we'll uh, you'll hear back from us after the commercial break. Mm-hmm. 